Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 9th, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled, You Are Not a Mistake, That You Are Destiny's Child. I want you to know that. I want you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are unique, that you are an individual, that you don't have to worry about being anybody else. Never be jealous of anybody else because God made you unique. When you are jealous of someone else, you are devaluing who God made you to be. Embrace the grace to be you. Embrace the grace for your divine assignment. Embrace who you are. Listen, there are things that you don't have. There are things that you're not called to do, and you got to be okay with that. Like, uh, I love to see when, you know, preachers sing before they preach, or some even sing while they're preaching. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, God didn't give me singing. Singing is not my thing. Singing is not one of my gifts, but I got a bunch of other gifts. So I have to be okay with that. I have to be able to embrace that. You got to embrace that as well. There's some things that you're just not called to do. And so don't waste your time, energy, and effort on those things worrying about why didn't God give me this? Why? Listen, at the end of the day, God gave you what he gave you. Embrace what he gave you and you have enough. You have enough to be who it is that God has called you to be. You are unique. You are special. You are destined. So that's it. We've been studying Destiny's Child. You are not a mistake from Ephesians chapter two. We looked at Jeremiah chapter one as well. So today with Ephesians chapter two, I want us to go back to it again today. I told you on Friday that today I was gonna give you somewhat of a personal testimony about this. And so I'm gonna do that. So this is the title of today's message, Call to Do Good Works, part three. Call to Do Good Works, part three. If you haven't watched part one and two, go back and watch that, it's on YouTube, uh, it's also obviously on Facebook, but it's easier to find on YouTube. So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, I mean that you have been saved by grace because you believe. Now, you did not save yourselves. It was a gift from God. Now, you are not saved by the things that you've done. It's not about works, so you have nothing to boast about. Verse 10, God made us what we are, right? That's the truth. God made us what we are. And in Christ Jesus, God made us new people, born again people. Why? so that we could spend the rest of our lives doing the good works that he had already planned for us to do. There are some good works that he had already before ordained planned for us to do. And our job is to find out what that is and to, to then go simply do it. And today I'm going to talk about how God had been preparing you all your life for that. God had been preparing you all your life for your divine assignment. So what does this mean for you today? I have, I have two things to share with you this morning, then I'm going to get into the meat of it. But before I do, let me just say this. Yesterday, we handed out uh, we, we're doing 500 backpacks this year, so a special thanks to our partners and our supporters. Yesterday, we handed out 300 of the 500 backpacks. The other 200 are for our kids, so they'll be coming to school in September, and then they'll get it on the first day of school. But um, as we were handing out backpacks, you know, we have our kids involved in that so that they can see that there are people that are less fortunate and so that they can get perspective, you know, about the grace and the blessing that's on our lives. I just want to say to those that are partners with us in ministry that supported that, then, then listen, whatever we do uh, from a Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries perspective, the grace of God that's on our ministry is also upon you. Thank you for partnering with us and thank you for helping us to share the love of God. Yesterday, uh, Isabella also preached and she preached a message that lines up with me, what I'm gonna say today. I'm not gonna get into her message, uh, but her message, one of the things that I will say that lines up with what I'm about to say 
is that, you know, she grew up very poor. I thought I, thought I grew up poor because I, I was raised on welfare. But no, she was poor, like poor in Dominica. So poor in, in another country sometimes is a whole nother level of poor. And so even though she was raised poor, no running water, no electricity, a lot of times no meat, uh, or, or like, you know, think about this. Sometimes breakfast was hot water with sugar in it. I mean, so that's like, that's, you know, poor for real. And, and so she was raised in that environment. But even then, all her life, she had a desire to help other people, like to give back. And now, of course, she's giving back. She's a missionary. A missionary touched her life many, many years ago. And now she is the missionary. And she's the missionary that goes out. And, and uh, it, it's such a blessing just to see and then to know that even all her life, she had this desire to be, you know, basically to give back to the less fortunate, even though, you know, within the context of, of the environment that she grew up in, you would think, wow, why would she have that desire? Because it was birthed in her. Let's talk about it. So same thing with me. The first thing I'll talk about for me is uh, race relations. Um, so the point that I'm making here today is that you were pre-wired for your preordained purpose. I want, you, I want you to get that. You, look at me, you were pre-wired for your preordained purpose. This is the whole nature versus nurture debate. Like, is this something that, that your parents nurtured in you or is this something that, that's just part of your nature? Now, some things are taught, but some things you're born with. Some things you're just born with. At the end of the day, God has put some things inside of you that you are naturally good at, that is part of your divine purpose. And when you're operating in your purpose, it's not that the work is effortless, but the work is sweatless. It's sweatless. It's sweatless victory because you are, you're operating under the grace of God. It's the grace of God on you doing what you could never do without him anyway. And when you're doing what you were born to do and the grace of God is in operation, you might work harder than you've ever worked in your life, but it will be sweatless because it's the grace of God. So let's talk about race relations for a moment. Now, one of the things, um, one of the things that have been said, and I agree, is that 11 a.m. Sunday morning in the United States is the most segregated hour in our country. So it seems like Americans can work together, play together, go to sporting events together. But when it comes to church, right, it seems like races and ethnicities, they go their separate ways. And so Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, is just very segregated. Now, there's some churches that are the exception, but the norm is that our churches are segregated. And uh, uh, one of the things that God has called me to do is, is to operate in ways that brings people together. I, I, I don't like, I believe that it is the heart of God that we be unified. Now, we don't have to be uniform to be unified because you can make arguments, oh, well, we, they clap on the first and third beat. We clap on the second and fourth beat. Well, doggone it, if we get together, we won't miss a beat, you know? <laughs> or people like use, use differences to try to justify things that, that are not the heart of God. At the end of the day, God wants us, you, we don't have to be uniform, but we should be unified. And so God has called me, Rick Pena, to a multiracial and non-denominational ministry. What I do is non-denominational. What I do is multiracial. And so here we are in the Dominican Republic. We do missions here, right? And when I'm doing work here, I, I build a team. I get people together. Some of these guys are Catholics, are guys and gals. Catholics, Baptists, Pentecostals, holiness, you know, non-denominational. I don't care. Look, if you're a Christian, you're born again. You know Jesus? Come on, man. Help, help us do what God has called us to do. We're ministering to everybody here. And so, so we bring people together that never get together to do ministry. And, and, and then they realize that we have too much in common to be uncommon. And so we're focusing, it's like people major on the minors and they minor on the majors when it comes to, to, to ministry. Look, at the end of the day, we're all born again if you're a Christian. 
I'm saying like under the panoply of Christianity, we got to stop letting some, some things divide us. Oh no, well, they, 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 they baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, they baptize in Jesus' name. Oh, well, we can't fellowship together. That's stupid. Oh, they believe in tongues. These guys don't believe in tongues. So what? Like, I mean, do you know Jesus? Like, I mean, so some, sometimes we got to look past some of that and just get together. We're all one body. Let's get unified. And so when it comes to denominations, I don't let that stop me. And so I bring people together. Also, from a racial relations perspective, God has called us. God put the Haitian people in Isabella's heart. And then there are Haitians in the Dominican Republic. So we come to the Dominican Republic. We minister to lots of people. But we do minister to a Haitian community. And so the Haitians in the Dominican Republic, Haitians and the, and the Dominicans, there's a huge racial rift there. And so God calls us to come here and help bridge that gap. And I, I'm having Dominicans come in and minister to Haitians. And Haitians operate with Dominicans. And let's bring people together. It's okay, man. We're all one. We all bleed red at the end of the day. And it's the same in the U.S. You know, uh, I, I don't know very many ministers of the gospel that are, are graced to do what God has called me to do. Like on a regular basis, I operate in a lot of different groups and spheres, right? I, I minister to blacks and whites, Hispanics and Asians. I minister to rich and poor. I minister in corporate America and also in jail. You know, it doesn't matter to me. I, I minister, I'm equally comfortable with generals and with privates. I've prayed with generals and privates. I've prayed with CEOs and interns. Like I feel comfortable, I'm good. I'm good. But, but not everybody's grace to operate in all of these levels and all of these spheres and all of these ways, but God has graced me to do it. And God is reminding me that he'd been preparing me all my life for it. So even growing up in Brooklyn, um, I grew up in Brooklyn, in East New York, Brooklyn. And in my early years, I'm, my parents obviously are Dominican. I'm Dominican. And so, so my mom was like, hey, go find some Dominican kids and play with them. I'm like, mommy, there ain't no Dominican kids out here. My, my, you know, before I was 10 years old, my very early years, there was just none, none in my neighborhood anyway. So I grew up uh, and I connected with who was outside. Who was outside? Blacks and Puerto Ricans. So I grew up with blacks and Puerto Ricans. We all, we had fun. We played together. We played tag, all that kind of stuff. And guess what? Hip hop grew up around me. And so I grew up in hip hop and hip hop grew up around me. And there was rappers in the area and all of that kind of stuff. And so that was my thing. That was my jam. And what later on, when I, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old into my teen years, then a lot of Dominicans moved into the area. And we had moved also to New Jersey and Sutter. Now, in the, now I, I'm around a lot of Dominicans. Well, okay, so I embraced my Dominican culture. I learned how to dance merengue. And, you know, it was a different vibe. It's a different thing. And so now I'm one of the Dominican kids and I'm hanging out with them. But I was one of the few kids, the only kids, really, that, I, that could, could be with the Dominicans. And then when we had a riff with the blacks and Puerto Ricans, then I was one of the, the people that God used to bring us together. I was, I was operating in race relations even as a teenager. Like, it, it, was, a, it was a bad situation when, when we were having a riff with them and they couldn't come to our block and, and our, the corner bodega was on our block. And so, so like, if, they couldn't, if we were having an issue, you know, they would have to go to another bodega and that kind of stuff. And I would come, God used me even as a teenager to bring these groups together, racial relations. Why am I saying that? I'm saying because I was born with it. I'm saying, I'm saying this is, God was preparing me for my divine assignment. There, there's some things that, that, you, that are in you that, that God just uses you as preparing you all your life. Let me talk about the army for a minute. The army is very diverse. And I remember one time I was at the National Training Center in Fort Irwin, California, NTC. And I was on one of the NTC rotations. And when I was, as I was going to sleep in my pup tent, for those of you that remember pup tent, as I was going to sleep in the pup tent, the Holy Spirit just stopped me and said, think about this day. In one day, 
you know, in one day, let me, I, I, I had, had something to do with our communications. We had a switch crash, so I had to get up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, take care of that situation. Okay, then the chaplain had asked me to preach that morning because he, he, he had been pulled off to do something else. So then I preached that morning. Then I had to provide briefings to all the teams. Then we had to get them cut sheets and all this kind of information and prepare them for the mission. And then we had like the afternoon off. And so then I went around and I played spades with a group of African-Americans. Then I played euchre with a group of Caucasians. Then I played dominoes the, the Spanish way with a group of Puerto Ricans. Then I played bones, the dominoes like the English way with, with, with a group of Americans. And then, uh, and, then, and then I briefed the battalion command on the conference call that night. And so when I was done with all of that, I was about to go to sleep and the Holy Spirit was like, stop, you need to think about this. Very few people can operate in all of those levels. Very few people can go in and out of all of these circles and be comfortable. I have graced you to do this. I am Listen, the Holy Spirit said to me, I've called you to be like Paul, all things to all people, so that through you, some may be saved. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Well, because if it, if it pertains to me, it pertains to you. I'm going to get to, to you in a minute. Another thing, the, the second point that I'll talk about that God has graced me to do is to simplify the complex. Now, very complex concepts. God just gives me, it's the grace of God, a way to explain them in, in very simple terms. Like sometimes I explain theological concepts like predestination or sanctification or glorification in a way in, very, in plain English where anybody can understand it. And I've had people, theologians, that say to me, man, dude, you explain this stuff. And I've never heard anybody explain it that way. You, you just explain pre, predestination in like three minutes. And that, that, whoa, that was, that was amazing. Well, it's the grace of, I don't know, it's just the grace of God. And it's, I've been like that with technology. I get paid to do that. Like from a technology perspective, you know, I take very complex concepts and I explain it in a way that anybody can understand it. And it's natural to me. It's the grace of God. Even going back to when I was a kid, I was a kid, I was in school, and I remember somebody would give like some nerdy answer. I don't, I'm not trying to be you know, rude here, but I'm just saying an answer, very complicated, using $5 words that nobody can understand. And somebody would give like a nerdy answer. And then, uh, the, and then everybody would be like, ooh, yeah. And then the teacher would say, well, Ricardo, can you explain that in English now? And, and even as a kid, I could take whatever they said and explain it in a way that everybody could understand. And then when I would say it, everybody else be, would be like, why didn't you just say that? You know, we get it now. And so what is that? It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Listen, it's, it's, it's effortless. It's, it's, it's not effortless. It's sweatless. It's, it's supernatural. There are some things that God has called you to do. So let me talk about you as I close. Number three, thinking about your preordained purpose. I could talk about me. I could talk about Isabella, but I want to talk about you for a minute. God preordained you for his divine purpose. He did. He, there are some good works. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, God, in God, God made us who we are so that in Christ Jesus, he made us new people so that we could spend the rest of our lives doing the good works that he had already preordained for us to do. So there are some things that you're called to do. There are some things that you are called to perform while you're in the, in the earth, on this planet. And you were pre-wired for that. There's some things that you're just good at. There's something, listen, you know, you, do you know anybody that can sing, like for real sing, sing, sing? If somebody could sing for real sing, you could wake them up at two o'clock in the morning, they still got crust in their eyes, and you say sing, and they could sing. You know what I'm saying? No warm up, no nothing. There's some people that just have it. And there's some things that you have. You got to discover your purpose. And when you discover your purpose, when you discover your divine assignment in Christ Jesus, you have to discover Jesus to discover yourself. But when you discover your purpose, 
and what you're called to do, you're also going to discover that you are pre-wired for it, that you've been good at this thing all your life, that you are naturally doing that you are you are at your most natural state when you are doing what you were called to do. And you, you may be doing something that terrifies other people, but you're comfortable doing it. I am most comfortable when I have a mic in my hand and I'm in front of people. Oh my God, I love it. And other people are like, oh, I'm scared to do that. Well, you're not called to do it. I'm called to do it. I'm in my most comfortable state when I'm in front of the camera. I love it because I'm called to do this. When you're operating in your grace, you're gonna feel the great, I'm it's the peace of God, the power of God is flowing through you. Now. Operating in your grace doesn't mean that you don't work. Once again, you might work harder than you've ever thought you have ever, ever were going to work. Isabella and I retired in 2015. Man, we had other plans. Like, I mean, we didn't think we were going to be doing all this stuff. But we're doing it because God called us to do it. And it's the grace of God. So you may be working harder than you've ever worked before. But it won't be you working. It will be the grace of God through you. When you operate in grace, it is sweatless victory. You, it is God's super on your natural so when you discover your purpose and you start walking in it you're going to realize man i was born for this i'm destined for this i am not a mistake i am destiny's child listen you look at me you are a product of god's forethought and his divine design he thought about you before the world began. He thought about you before you were thought in your mother or your father's eye. You know, he thought about you. You are a product of God's forethought and his careful and thoughtful design. And he sent you to this planet for just uh, for such a time as this. You are not a mistake. You, and when you realize, when you internalize what I'm saying and you're like, oh my God, I'm not a mistake. Then you live your life with passion and zeal and it's a passion, it's a zeal that no one can stifle. Listen, the best is yet to come. Greater is coming for you. Why? Because your calling is calling you. <laughs> Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of leveling up for me. I level up by embracing your grace to become the man I'm called to be. I am destined and I know it. You have been preparing me all my life for what you've called me to do. I realize it now and I embrace it. My calling is calling me and I won't fight it. I walk into my destiny by your amazing grace. And I boldly declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. Listen, if you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I know this is not a message that had a bunch of scripture in it, uh, but this is a message I think is important. I like to teach by precept and example. I needed to give you an example, like a human example. Isabella has her own example, and it's the same, basically it's the same message. We were born for this. You are born for whatever you are called to do. Once you discover your purpose, you, dis you get to tap into the grace of God, and you will live an amazing life. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you, and God loves you more. Have an amazing day. God bless you.